0: Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, we are back here on the Investor Coaching Show, and I am Paul Winkler, and he is Ira Work. Yep. So, um, actually off on vacation just kind of hanging out just recharging the battery last week and and uh, the president over Trebecca dr. Boone and I had a conversation beforehand say oh you ought to go read this book you know you're not your own and uh, it was let's talk about belonging to God in an inhuman world is the subtitle of it. But basically, the idea is this we are overwhelmed, overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And he uses the example in there. And I think it's really good. And there's some advice about career that I thought was really super good. He talks about lions, and he says, you go to a zoo, and you have lions, and you notice what they do. They they pace back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and they're just, like, lost. They they don't belong there. You can have a zoologist that knows exactly what the diet of the lion should be, you know, exactly what the habitat should be, knows everything about the lion that could be possibly known, you know, more than the lion knows about himself, he says. <laughs> And he says, and this thing's pacing back and forth and can't quite figure it out. And he says, that is us as humans, as we are in this world that was not designed for us. And you you go back a couple hundred years ago, and we were in, you know, we were often in, you know, living off of the land. I mean, literally the whole world was quite different than what it is right now. And he talks about how we stay busy. It's constantly numbing ourselves through staying busy, staying busy, staying busy. And we might have things that we get get involved in, you know, that distract us all the time, getting on the internet, uh, going out and, and, you know, getting involved in the news. Maybe we distract ourselves with gaming. Uh, Maybe we distract distract ourselves with hobbies and, and just constantly engaging in, you know, maybe going and watching movies or watching tv binge watching tv or something like that and it's we're numbing ourselves because we're just kind of like fish out of water and he says you know we might be engaged in these things and online and social media and all of this stuff and we're self-medicating is why he, he is what he calls it and he says we have so much anxiety about the future that we're just numbing ourselves to it. And he said a few interesting things. He was talking about the idea of belonging. I loved what he talked about. And he says, you know, think about it as a person. You know, we often grow up, and I'm totally guilty of this, grow up, and I couldn't wait to get out of my parents' house. Get away. Move away. Gone. Out of here. Change the state move and move. And he says, what would happen if we encourage young people to consider the needs of the immediate community and then look at career options in their immediate community. He said, you know, looking at not necessarily because we're chasing after things that won't necessarily make us happy. You know, we kind of think, and Solomon talked about this best, you think money's going to make us happy. You think things are going to make you happy. You think possessions are going to make you happy. You think, you know, it's that some kind of a lifestyle and Solomon tried everything. He tried, you know, servants. He tried, you know, multiple wives. He tried. Well, know, I understand why I wasn't know. happy with that. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> but you tried everything under the sun. That's why I love Ecclesiastes. I mean, people say it's, well, oh, that's a depressing one. But, you know, I'm like, no, it was real because this guy had everything. And, you know, he found that it was all chasing after the wind. But, you know, he talks about looking at your immediate community not necessarily chasing the dollar and there are interesting studies i've talked about if your income goes above like $90,000 you don't get progressively any happier and some people would say i'd be really happy with $90,000 $90, and yeah i get that um, but you know the point being is that you would think if i made 300 400 500 600,000 that i'd be happier than if i was making 90 but the research just doesn't bear it out which is interesting, but he says, what if instead of looking at, you know, chasing dollars all the time, looking at what your immediate community needs. But then he got into something that was thought was so interesting it was about belonging to your family and belonging to your community and, and belonging to, and it reminded me of a Gino Vanelli song, which was, he talks about, um, he talks about that. He said, there are people I belong to is the, is the title of the song. And he talks about his father and how he worked hard to make ends meet and and his mother and, and, and how she was dedicated to him and then talked about his brothers and, and how they were both dedicated to each other and to him. And they, they all had this place in the family. It was kind of a, is a really kind of a cool picture, you know? So then he says this, he says, I serve because I belong not to belong. And I thought, what a great line that is. I surf because I belong, not to belong. And he talks about how we all just want people to need us and we want to be needed. And so often we forget that that's it. And he talked about, you know, if you have a certain job that needs to be done in your community, maybe not looking at the highest income job that can be done in your community, but maybe looking at the job that would be the thing that other people need in the community. And therefore, serving rather than being served. It just reminded me so much of a mentor of mine that was, uh, we're going back 30 plus years ago. And he used to always talk about that. He would talk about serving rather than being served. And it just always hit me. And I I loved it a lot because he was a very folksy kind of guy, but he always had some really great stuff. And now he says that what happens is that we often chase things for the wrong reasons. And, you know, he was talking about how we have the freedom to rest, you know, when we stop chasing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a good message. But anyway, it's good. It's a really good read. If you're inclined, you're not your own. That'd be kind of cool. Alan Noble. I, it'd be kind of cool to have somebody like him on the show just to talk about that kind of stuff. Cause I love the philosophy behind some of these things yeah now i'm off in another book after i finished that one now i'm off in another one <laughs>
1: it does not surprise me no i'm that.
0: constantly <laughs> <laughs> constantly constantly reading but anyway so i uh, you know just a little bit of a um, you notice they got a one one over one billion dollar powerball jackpot uh-huh and there was an interesting article about the powerball speaking of money uh, they, they said that the Powerball jackpot is the smallest $1 billion Powerball jackpot ever. I knew where they were going with the article. I knew it. And so you think about it with inflation. Mm-hmm. When you have a Powerball jackpot, you say, we're going to give you a billion dollars, right? They're going to give it to you over a period of time, though. If you want that money right now. Right. The present value of it is going to be way the heck lower when you're in a high inflationary environment.
1: Right. I was, and I was going to say that. like It was a lot more money as a lump sum up front uh, two and a half years ago. Exactly. Because they had to buy bonds, enough bonds at the low interest rate
0: mm-hmm. in
1: order to provide that income for the 20-year period. Well, that's
0: why I brought it up as a good bond lesson. <laughs> Yeah, exactly what it is. And You think about it; that is exactly what it is. So when you look at Powerball, when they say it's at a billion-dollar jackpot, you know they're going to spread it out over I don't know how many years. Do you even know Ira how many years uh, they believe, spread it out over? I believe thirty. Thirty years.
1: Thirty years. Okay, I thought it was twenty.
0: Yeah, I just I just I just actually looked down at the article and it says thirty years, so that's what it was. Yeah. So they spread it out over thirty years. So they're going to take a billion dollars divided by thirty. And that's what it would be if you took them little by little by little by little each year. But
1: nobody does that. Give me all the dough up front. And to me, that's the right thing to do. That's what I would advise a client. If a client came into me and said, hey, I won the lottery. What do I do now? I, said, I would be like, I would take it up front. How much are you giving you? And straight <laughs> to an investment firm.
0: A dollar? No. Well, um, well, because, you know, you think about it. When, when they're giving you that payment, mm-hmm. it's going to be over a long period of time and the rate of return, you know, is going to be based on bond markets, you know, because, because that's what this whole conversation is regarding, you know, like I was talking about, you have a bond that pays a little bit, you know, out each It's kind of like an annuity almost in that way. It's a 30 year guaranteed annuity. If you think about it that way, well, what is an insurance company going to invest in bonds? Uh, What are they going to be doing? They're going to be spreading that money out over that period of time. And then when you have a higher interest rate, well that's because there's higher inflation if you historically look at stocks you know the returns when you're considering inflation have always been significantly higher than bonds you know when we're looking at bonds you might see anywhere from point four percent return to two to three percent return is the return after inflation in bond markets whereas if we're looking at large u.s stocks it's seven look at small u.s stocks it's about nine uh look at large value stocks it's somewhere in the neighborhood of nine small value, some in the neighborhood of eleven uh so it's always it's always been historically much much higher for stocks, so that's why Ira is saying what he's saying. So question. Right, so let,
1: let's put that. Go ahead, of Pay off debt first, or go to oh, straight to investment first? I don't think I
0: think your debt I, is going to be it, such a it, small it, thing; it, it, it's not going to matter. Uh, a so all right, I, I'll, <laughs> I,
1: I'm going to allow you to answer the question because I'm going to give you some numbers. Okay. So two and a half years ago, when interest rates were roughly two and a half percent. A billion dollar future value with three hundred and sixty payments, the present value of that is four hundred seventy two million seven hundred thirty-five thousand two hundred and twenty one dollars and fifteen cents. Okay. With a five percent interest rate, the present value is two hundred twenty three thousand eight hundred twenty six dollars.
0: Like half five hundred
1: and ninety five dollars. Yeah. So that would be the upfront payment. Yeah. And then you have to pay taxes well, so, on okay. that. Uh but let's just figure 40%. So that would be 88. Um 40% of 200, well I'll just say 200 million would be 880,000.
0: Uh so it was uh, 88 I'm, I'm million. Looking at about yeah, two, Eighty-eight 10, million. Uh about 100
1: Um, 40% of, I I didn't hear the number 40% of, we'll just say 200 million. Oh, got it, got it,
0: got it, got it, got it. Okay.
1: It's 88 million, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, so if, Forty percent of twenty is eighty million. Yeah. So yes, eight, yes. Eight, eight million. Eight million. So, so you take
1: eighty million. I thought you off, said eighty-eight million. Yeah, I did it first. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. <laughs> well, because like, I'm looking at because I'm looking at the two hundred and twenty-three. Okay. But in my head, I'm trying to do easy math. So I, I gotcha. All right. So eighty million minus two hundred well, thousand. or hundred million minus eighty. So you're left with a hundred and twenty million dollars. So I don't know, Leviticus. Maybe you want to pay your debt off first. <laughs> <laughs> OK, um, but the point being yeah. is that in today's interest rate environment, you know, the lump sum would be a whole lot less than it would have been two and a half years ago. But my recommendation would still be to take the lump sum amount up front. And of course, for our compliance department, Ira I doesn't make any recommendations
0: on the radio show.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm gonna make a <laughs> recommendation He's on gonna, the radio show. <laughs> Fingers
0: crossed. <laughs> don't ever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, JK, i J K. No,
1: I'm making that recommendation. Uh, on I'm making the radio recommendation.
0: Show. I'm, He's gonna you know, do it anyway. You know, I I think you're gonna be fine each, either way. Just yeah. don't spend it all, okay? For Christ's sake. you know, right. don't, don't, like most people <clears> that, that win the lottery do. But you know, it's you <laughs> well, know, I have that, a huge family. No, well, you know, it's, nobody needs that much money.
1: Uh, well, I don't know.
0: I don't know. No, I mean, if you don't have if you
1: don't have that kind of money, how do you buy companies like Twitter? Well, um, that's true. Oh, I, guess,
0: I guess it is a drop actually. in the bucket when you, if you're Elon. Right. But
1: you know, here's the thing. You know, we just got done with the American Dream Experience uh, yesterday afternoon yes. during Thursday and Friday. Yes, I had a really great event. Um, I have to, you know, put uh, a big shout out out for uh, a company called The Sweet Addiction, the company that catered to food. Uh, the food was absolutely fabulous. And what was really cool, and the reason why I hired them to do the event is because their outreach, the whole purpose of this company, mm-hmm. is to hire, hire women who are struggling with addiction and oh, want to get over their addiction, but they're having trouble finding jobs in the marketplace. Oh, man. So, this, cool. is, this is a nonprofit organization. I love this all the money that went for the the, all the money that I paid Uh went for two things the Uh food to pay for the food Uh and to pay the salaries of the girls there was not one dollar taken out in profit Uh for Uh the people running the organization
0: that is so neat I did not know I did not know you were doing yeah well you know that's
1: part that's part of my true purpose for life of helping people discover love and freedom so that's Uh part of the freedom part of it um but the food was really good and, they, and
0: the whole idea behind that let's just you know just real quick behind the american dream experience is that's part of it because so often what happens we think you know just having more having more having more right. is your purpose and the reality of it is nah, there's there's it's way deeper than that that's well
1: cool. okay so that's what i was going to get to so part you know in in our the, our conversation throughout the workshop and it's an interactive workshop people share what they're actually getting out of it, which is like no other workshop yeah. there is. Yeah. Uh, so in the true purpose one, um, one of the one of the uh, participants came in yesterday and said, you know, I went home Thursday night and we had a conversation with our children and asked you know, I asked my kids, Well what would you do with, you know, if money was not an issue, that you didn't have to think about it. And he said, My daughter said, I would want to rescue horses. There you go. Okay. That was what's, yeah. Yeah, so that was about how True Purpose was. Yeah. And there's another one that we're talking about, about money. Let's do this,
0: let's save it for after this break. Let's take a quick break and be back right after this. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning, tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything that we do is fee-only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing, and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. All right, we're back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler, along with Ira Work. And so Ira, you did the... American, I was off in Phoenix, and you were doing the American Dream Experience here, and I, I was I was talking to some of the guys back in Phoenix about it, and so that uh, you were talking about. The true purpose for money. The true purpose for money. Young girl was like, you know, she wants to. Help.
1: She wants to just help save horses. Okay. You know, I, and she, he didn't get into it. He didn't elaborate on whether you know they were injured horses or yeah. rescue them from third-rate breeders who well, raced them really hard. My or,
0: wife, my wife, that's a big thing for her too. She, yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. So sure. you talked about a
0: lot of them are abused and, and really, oh, it's, pit- it's pitiful.
1: You know. so you thought you know you had mentioned earlier about you know how, you know how much is enough, mm-hmm. and winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. You know there's a study done of lottery winners which stated that most of the lottery winners were less happy after they won all that yeah. money yeah. you know um you know I've often you know, joked about the fact you know more money means more problems
0: well the relationships change too you know oh, people yeah. they're, because people start coming to you with their handout
1: uh-huh and you begin to wonder, you know, find out how many family members you really have.
0: <laughs> well, and friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, your friends multiply Aww. exponentially for sure. Right.
1: You know, so uh, you know, and then we talked about, you know, how, you know, the rich people, like, you know, you think about people with money, like Robin Williams, Elvis Presley, mm-hmm. uh, John Bellucci, mm-hmm. um, you know, Michael Jackson. You mm-hmm. would think, well, if money really made you happy. You know why did these people? Why were they depressed? Why were they on drugs? Why did they commit suicide? If more money made you more happy, I mean, sure. And I say it all the time: if mo- if money made you happy, mm-hmm. the people in Hollywood should be the happiest people. They should in be the world, ecstatic, right? You know,
0: and and you know, so often it's interesting when you see some of these really wealthy, very famous people, and they get married to each other. People have asked me that, but you know, why? Why do you think Paul, that is? And I say, well, because they don't even know who to trust and if you got another person that makes just as much as you do and is just as famous as you you know they're not there with you hopefully you're hope, hoping they're not with you just because of your fame or your money and you know there i think there may be something to that
1: yeah and you know and then we're talking about people that don't have a lot of money you know, like we look at pictures, and I used um, oh, mother, Africa, Mother Teresa as an example.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking about the missionaries that I know that have gone over to Africa, and they just go, man, this it's people are they come up and they're smiling, they're smiling, they've got nothing, right. and they're smiling,
1: right? And, and then one of um, you know, one one of the guys stood up and said that um, you just you know the way he grew up and so forth. Mm. You know, I I grew up um with in a middle, an average middle class family mm-hmm. you know I showed a picture of my house growing up mm-hmm. um, you know to show you know, what yeah i had a normal life yeah. i had a very normal life 1, 12 1400
0: square foot house for, for
1: me yeah uh, i think our house was around 1400 square feet yeah and i remember thinking it was so big yeah and then when i went back and looked at it it was really small really tiny
0: <laughs> I like what one guy said, uh, we were at, we were having a proverb study one day, and he goes, I, I like living in a small house, and and we're going, why? He says, well, my daughter comes home at night, she has to look me in the eye when she walks in the door. <laughs> hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.